Vedia Church family, we will be considering the prophet Jeremiah's profound words in verse 16 of Jeremiah 6 to the inhabitants of Judah, which of course is you're speaking to Jerusalem in particular, which are relevant to us nowadays, as is the whole counsel of the Word of God. He says, Jeremiah the prophet, in verse 16, under inspiration of God, Thus saith the Lord. This is from the Lord. These are the Lord's words. Thus saith the Lord. Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Some of the words aren't there from the prophet Jeremiah, which is, of course, we know as the weeping prophet, styled as a weeping prophet. Not many people were saved in the days of Jeremiah. He was also God's messenger and prophet of justice. And, of course, he was there to uproot confidence in men and the things of this world and to, as it were, plant grace and give grace uh, to the people. And so Judah, dear friends, at this point was under God's severe judgment. Like, I believe, we are here in the UK. Um, we know that Great Britain was made a great nation because of God's word, because of the Bible, because of the Lord. And the West was made great. And I do believe, which is obvious, that this nation and the West is under God's severe judgment. And it's just a matter of time. We're seeing the corruption. We're seeing the injustice in the cities. We're seeing these things befall us. Over and over again, God sent Jeremiah to prophetically warn them of their covetousness, of their covenant breaking. That God had so blessed them. God had promised them wonderful promises, and they abused these promises. Uh, their idolatry and their perverseness and their covetousness provoked the Lord God to anger. And it would seem that most people had been affected, everyone, both in secular circles and ecclesiastical circles. It says in verse 13, from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, they had all been given over to covetousness. From the prophet even unto, to, unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. Those in ecclesiastical circles have become worldly and covetous, and so naturally would not sufficiently warn God's people of the looming judgment which they deserved because of their abandoning of the word and practice. And all was given over. Even those who claimed to be God's people, who claimed to go to church, uh, all doubt uh, falsely. There was only a small remnant, really, of God's people, of true believers, left. And so they were right for God's judgment. And it says in verse 14, many of those within ecclesiastical circles said, peace, peace. When there is no peace. Much like our day, you see, peace, 
peace. And so, as a result of uh, the, the false prophet and the priest, as it were, as a result of their cowardice and their rank hypocrisy of the spiritual leaders of that day, um, as much as our day, the trumpet was not sounded clearly and it was not sounded loud enough. Sin remained unchecked. Covetous carried on. Idolatry carried on. And in so, so doing, Jerusalem was filled with violence and falsehood and corruption. It engulfed many parts of that city. The word of God was no longer reverenced, not even in churches. The practice became cold. The word became a reproach and inevitably practice grew cold. And like I said, there were very, very true believers left. And no wonder why, like I said, Jeremiah was styled the weeping prophet. Because he lived in such a day that very few people hearkened to the voice of the Lord, truly, and walked therein. People did not take the word of God to heart, seriously. They had forgotten God's promises, God's covenant promises. They had forgotten the old paths. They despised the watchmen, the messengers of God, those true messengers of God. They despised them, the messengers of God's justice. And they were in ease in Zion. They thought themselves to be safe behind those walls in Jerusalem. They thought themselves to be secure. They thought, no way, no way are we going to be conquered. No way. <laughs> Is he having a laugh? Just like many people today. They, they think they're so secure. Well, we have, we're never going to be. We're never going to be conquered. We're never going to, but we have. We have been conquered. We've been conquered by our sin and by our lust. It's, 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 we see the violence that's encapsulated all the cities of the West, the injustice that's going on. They were in ease in Zion, friends. But this could not be further from the truth, because God brought a Babylonian empire who, was, who acted as the servant, uh, who served God's purposes. And from they brought the Babylonian empire from the north to destroy Jerusalem, to take the remnant of God's people into exile. And like we read earlier in Jeremiah 6, those who were living in sin, those who were provoking God, they fell. They fell, but it was the remnant of God's people. And we think about Ezra, we think about Jeremiah, we think about Nehemiah, we think about all those true believers and their families. They, they, God made a way of escape for them. God in his mercy, even in exile, made a way of escape. And Jeremiah lived through the siege, didn't he? And he recorded it. Through, um, through that person who wrote down to Baruch or something like that. And so he witnessed the exile personally. And, um, and so, friends, these things are solemn. And so this is the context read to verse 16 here, where Jeremiah the prophet, the messenger of God's justice, says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask, for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, 
we will not walk therein. And so, dear church family, for today's sermon, let us consider, therefore, the following points of application for us nowadays. How does this apply to us? I'd like to break it down into three considerations for us. Firstly, where is your life headed? Ask yourself that question. Where is your life headed? What's the final destination of your life? Secondly, our need of change. We're all in need of a great change in our lives. And thirdly, what must be done about this? What must be done? Three points. Where is your life headed? Secondly, our need of change. And thirdly, what must be done about this? And so firstly, where is your life headed? The words of the Lord said, Stand ye in the ways and see. Stand ye in the ways and see. God, through His holy word this morning, is asking us to consider what direction is our life headed in. What direction is your life headed in? Stand ye in the ways. Stop for a minute. And pause for a minute in your life. There are moments in life where God, through providence, calls us to stop. To not be foolhardy and carry on headlessly in life. And just do what is expected of us. He says, stop. He, bring, he brings people into our lives. He brings his word into our lives. And there are times where he visits us. And there are moments in life where he comes and he tells us to stop, to stand, to pray, and to seek his guidance, to be elevated above the things of this current world and, and consider the world to come, to stand. You see, naturally, we, when, we, we, when you go into a maze, you cannot see the, the way through the maze. But if you're elevated above, if you so have that eagle's perspective, that aerial view, as it were, where you can see quite clearly the path of life, the path through to it. And so too is through the prophet Jeremiah, as the Lord saying to us, stop for a minute, pause for a minute. The big decisions in life, you must come to me. You must sincerely uh, uh, examine your hearts. You must not go headlong, as it were, into life, carelessly, heedlessly. You must seek my face, you must seek that which is of old, which is from everlasting. Pray, stand, get that elevated position, get that high view. There are many ways, you see, in a man's heart, um, but they're not God's ways. You see, there are many paths set before us in life. There are many distracting voices that we hear. And the prophet is saying to the people, consider your ways, consider where you're headed. You, you must consider that you're headed in the wrong way. There are all these paths that you're headed in. They're, they're dangerous. There is, there is a right way and there are many false ways. So he's saying stand, stand and pause for a moment. Get that, that, that heavenly perspective in your life, that eternal perspective, and see. 
And so God, through his word this morning, is, is asking us to consider what direction our lives are headed in. Have we considered our final destination? Stand ye in the ways and see. The language described here by the prophet is one of a traveller. It's one of travel. Life is a journey, friends. So it's one of a traveller. Stop. Stop with any journey that we take in life, especially a great journey. Of course, we must not go, we must not be go heedlessly, we must not be careless on any great journey. But what about that of eternal life? Do not proceed without great care, the prophet is saying here. The direction that you're going in, you have not consulted that which is of old. You need to stop and, and get that heavenly perspective. Judah was in great danger of this, weren't they? And they had lost their way, as it were. Their spiritual compass was broken. They laid adrift, as it were, upon the changing fashions of this world. And our lives, dear friends, are like this. They are a journey. Many pitfalls uh, must be avoided. Many snares lay in our way, spiritual snares. And so we must consult that which is from everlasting to everlasting. We must get some heavenly perspective here. There is such a thing as truth, isn't there? There is such a thing as right and wrong. There is a right way and there is a wrong way. And so, friends, we must not be those who are foolhardy and heedlessly go into life just doing our own way. Any traveller will know, especially on great journeys, there is a wrong way. And there are many, and there are many wrong ways. And there is a right way. Stand ye in the ways. When God so visits you, providentially, brings those people, brings you low, as it were, and before you set, is set many different ways, many different pathways, what will, what will you do? I remember many years ago being in London, and I was on a, on a tube in, on the London Underground, and I remember being on a, on a tube, and I knew where I was going, and this person outside the tube, they're darting in and out of these tubes in London. This person, the door was almost closing. The person said to me, where, where is, this, is, this, is this tube going to so-and-so place? And I said, I don't know. I'm not from here, but I, I know where I'm going. And, I said, and they said, I'm going to risk it. And they jumped in. They didn't know whether, the, whether that tube would go to that destination. And that's what many people are doing nowadays. They don't know their final destination. They're gambling with their souls that God has given them. And God so visits people. And he says with the prophet, or through the prophet, through God's messengers, stand ye in the ways. Get that heavenly perspective in your life and see. And ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. The decisions we make will affect our final outcome, friends. We must not be casual over this. Have you considered the eternity to come? Has there been a moment in our life where we've truly, we've truly, God has visited us, and as, as word has so struck us that providence has brought us into a situation 
where we've been confronted with these huge questions. And God has so brought them to our soul. And if we have, have, and do consider where our lives are headed, and more importantly, where our souls will be going, we must ask and inquire aright. We must be honest with our Maker. If the course we have trod is increasingly is separating us from God, if the course that we're going on is leading to emptiness in our lives, there's a void there, there's no true purpose in life, there's no true direction in life, I'm just bobbing about, as it were, on this ocean's changing fashions, there's no direction, there's no purpose in, in, in my life, well, we must be willing to stop and consider the words of God. We must stand and see and ask, what's, what's wrong here? Why, why, why is there this emptiness there? Why am I not being blessed, spiritually speaking? We must be ready to change our course. We must not be those who are foolhardy about our final destination, where we're going to end, end up in eternity. The truth, dear friends, is too valuable to forsake, and eternity is too long to endure. Judah would not consider change. They said, we will not walk therein. We will not walk therein. We're not going to do it. And many people today, although the preacher and, the, and they can be convicted, well, this is what this person, I have no, no argument to say in, in, in defense, but I'm not going to do it. I remember going to the door with our brother here not so long ago, and we were speaking to this one person, and she just kept on saying over and over again, I don't care, I don't care. We're convincing her from the scriptures over and over again the truth of, 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 of the Lord, of our sin and of our need of the Savior. And she just kept on saying, I don't care. You may be right, but I just don't care. And that's really what it comes down to. People don't care. They have, they have been so brainwashed by this culture and by their sin. And so this brings us to our second consideration, our need of change. All of us must undergo a great reformation in our hearts, a great change in our hearts. If you truly ponder the paths of life, if you diligently ask of God, will He not hearken to you? Will He not give if you truly, sincerely seek Him with all your hearts? Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. If one would sincerely ask aright, they are here given us, they are given instructions on what to ask for. Ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Our culture and progressives do the exact opposite. They tell us we must look to the future. We must look to science, secular science. We must look to man. It is up to man to make his own way in life. It is up to us to make progress, to redefine what is right and what is wrong. It is up to us to do these things. It is up to man to make this planet into some utopian paradise. It's up to us. 
And through social justice and social reform and climate change, we can tear down those old paths. We don't need them anymore. They're from a bygone era. That's what they'll tell us. The exact opposite to the Word of God. And sad to say that many professing Christians have completely followed suit in this. The folly of that way of thinking is that it is not based upon truth. And history proves that very point. We are sinners. We are sinners by nature. No amount of virtually signaling will change that. Well, the Bible is clear through Jeremiah's words that the heart is desperately wicked. And who can know it? We are no better than our forefathers. We may pretend that we are better, but we are no better than our forefathers. In fact, I believe we're far worse. Millions of unborn children killed and murdered um, because of the, of the, uh, on the altar of convenience. Millions in the West are killed on the, the altar of convenience every year. Our cities in the West are full of violence and corruption and injustice. It prevails in all the major cities in the West now. We, dear friends, are under God's judgment. Now we would do well to hearken to the words of the Lord here. Ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. We would do well to ask for that from eternity past. From those who, who we know were right with God. Who knew of God's blessing. If we desire change for the good for our eternal souls, we must consult that which has come before us from eternity past. We must consider the word of God. Does one really think that a man could have created the Ten Commandments? Just think about that for a minute. That's one thing you can challenge someone. Ask someone, could a, could a man have ever created the Ten Commandments? Of course not. They are written by the finger of God. They are implanted within our hearts. They tell us that we're sinners. The, the conscience tells us that we, we fall short of these things. None of us could have ever created the Ten Commandments. They are righteous and pure and holy, aren't they? Ask for the old paths and consider those godly men of all the patriarchs uh, who went before us. Those who so knew God you God's blessing. And in the words of Hebrews 11, through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, turned the flight of the armies of the aliens. Women received their, their dead raised to life. Again, consider these testimonies of old. What made them overcome such great odds? What gave them the victory over all these things? How did they overcome these sins, these snares of life? What gave them such courage? Who put that strength within them? How did they overcome death? How is it that they managed to live such holy, honorable lives? Who made them so blessed? Can I know of such promises? Can I 
who in the hell deserving sinner know of such promises to overcome sin, to overcome the things of this world, the pitfalls of life. Well, we have given instruction, aren't we? Ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Do not pray, do not pray for the old paths which wicked men have trodden. And it's not saying that. There are old paths which wicked men have trodden. We aren't, we aren't to, to seek that. But we are to seek the good way. The old paths where is the good way. For those who truly knew of God's salvation. Who, who showed God's salvation. We, we gain, we think of the patriarchs. We think of the early church fathers. We think of the reformers. We think of the Puritans. We think of those who truly knew of God's salvation. Who showed it with their lives. Who God so mightily blessed. What did they believe in? How did they overcome great odds? See, we must ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And so this brings us to our third and final consideration. Thirdly, what must be done? What must be done? If God has so uh, stopped us, as it were, He has so spoken to us providentially, has brought us into a situation where we, where we have considered our way in life, and that we have inquired and asked of the Lord, we have searched the Scriptures, we have prayed and, been, and sincerely we've been elevated as a word to that position where God has showed us the true way of salvation, well then we are given a great responsibility, aren't we? There's, there's more than an intellectual assent here. Notice clearly our text today says, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths wherein is the good way, and notice those words, and walk. Therein. That's very, very important. And then, and only then, it says, and ye shall find rest for your souls. And, and I know I'm a bit of a bugbear about this, and I'm a harp, I, I speak a lot about this, but I, I, do, I do believe it's the prevailing evil of our day. There's so many people who abuse the means of grace, who abuse the word of God nowadays. But our text is very clear here. When God has so spoken to you and you've stopped and you've been convicted by the word of God, by the watchmen, by God's ministers, by people who have witnessed you, whatever it is, even by providence, and he's driven you to the scriptures, and that you've been so stopped and you've searched the scriptures and you found out, really, how a man is justified in the sight of God. You see the patriarchs, you see the Puritans, you see the reformers, you see, what is it that made these people so blessed of the Lord? How is it that they were righteous in God's sight? How is it that they turned kingdoms upside down? How is it that they overcame lions, stopped the mouths of lions? They stopped the flame, they were perfectly fine in the flame. How did they overcome all these things? And we conclude, don't we, that a man is justified by faith in Christ alone, by his grace alone. And if God has showed, so showed you that old path, and he so showed you that good way, well then, if it has truly taken effect, what's the result? As in James' epistle, well, it's to walk therein. You see, there is such a thing as an intellectual ascent. You can have so much knowledge, you, you can know 
of God's way of salvation. You can have an intellectual knowledge of it, and this isn't the scary thing. You can know of how to be saved, but you can say like the children of Judah and Jerusalem, I'm not going to walk their own. I refuse. Downright willfulness, willfulness, friends. You can refuse it. You can say, I'm not going to put my frame my life around these things. I'm not going to put these disciplines in my life. You can have the knowledge, but, but you, it, it will not so sink to the heart. That's a, that's a solemn thing, isn't it? That's a solemn thing. Friends, when you have diligently sought the good way, as it has been of old in God's word, the way of salvation, you must practice according to it and walk therein. It's a great evil of our day. And I'm, see, I'm seeing it more and more in reform circles and, and in many circles who call themselves Bible believers. As with the godly of old, you, we are indeed justified by faith in Christ alone. We know that. By his merits and by his righteousness alone. Abraham believed in God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans 4.3 We know that. But if that has taken effect, indeed, if you have been brought to realise that it is by God's grace and that it is through faith in Christ alone, well, friends, you've done well. But you've only done well You've only done well if you know this experientially. If this, you will only know of the blessed rest of the Lord when such truths not only affect your mind, but your heart. They penetrate your heart. I was speaking to a brother recently. I went on to sermon audio recently and I listened to a sermon by New Calvinists. And they were talking about these TV games that they're playing, these, these wicked TV games. And they say, well, we're at liberty to play these things and to watch these things and to, and to do these things. We're at liberty to, to do these things. Oh, my fundamentalist mother, uh, my fundamentalist mother, she is always... But, and it, it was terrible. It was, it was so terrible. And I, I believe with new evangelicals and new Calvinists, dear friends, the doctrines of grace are so abused the practice is just not there. And that is not true salvation. That is not true grace. It has not taken effect. And I'm not talking about belief that believers cannot fall into sin. Of course we can. Of course we can grieve the Lord and fall into sin and we can backslide. I'm not talking about that. But if, if we have truly known the way of salvation, if we God has stopped us, if there has been a time in our life that we've been brought and God has so shown us the way of salvation, then if it is truly wrought of God and born again, we will put those disciplines in our life. We will start to frame our life around that which is good. God is not mocked. He is a God of truth, isn't he? A man that finds a pearl of great price sells all that he has so that he can have that pearl of great price. He stays close by it. He doesn't walk away from it. He doesn't walk past it. He stays close to it. That's his, all of his treasure now. And what we, we're being told by new evangelicals and much of the worldly Christianity around us, we're at liberty. You don't have to walk next to the, the, the pearl of great price. You, you can, you're still at liberty to do this in your life and to do that in your life. 
And whilst we are at liberty in Christ, we're at liberty to live for Him exclusively. To love Him. We're made free from our sin. Not to live, to go back into the world, to walk away from the, from, from the pearl of great price. It's of great value to us. And that's the problem, isn't it? To walk therein. That is true salvation. Yes, we're justified by faith in Christ alone, by His righteousness alone, by His merits alone, and that is through Him. But how does the world see us? How will other people come to know Christ as their Savior? By the walk of a Christian. By the, by the walk of a Christian. If a Christians are not keeping the Lord's Day holy, if Christians are just doing what they will, living unholy lives, well, that's not going to... The Lord is provoked by that, isn't it? The salt has lost its savour. These are the days that we're living in, friends. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You see, true saving grace moves with the saints of old by faith in the promises of God. We think of the Spurgeons, authentic Calvinism, authentic salvation. It moves with faith, doesn't it? I so love the Lord. He saved me for eternity. I'm His now. And it so moves us. A, a lot of it now, dear friends, is just in name only. And it's so sad. Have you heard the voice of Jesus? Says our, our last hymn, hymn 459. Have you heard the voice of Jesus? Come unto me and rest. Have you truly heard the voice of Jesus? Has he so con convinced you of, it, of his love, of his salvation? And has that changed you? Not just what's in your mind intellectually, but your heart. That's the question. The children of Judah said, we will not walk their own. Yes, you've got a point, Jeremiah. Yes, we are idolatrous. We have abandoned God's word. We lightly esteem God's word. We don't listen to, to Bible-believing preachers anymore, to those who truly uh, bring us the, the word of God. We listen to the false prophets that say, peace, peace. We just take the take on board uh, that we're, we're good enough. We, we just, we'll just listen to those people. And that's, that's good enough. Uh, as it were for us. And th those are the days that we're living in. Friends, we must be honest with our Maker. And so, friends, let us, let us be those who truly ask for the old paths, wherein is the good way, dear friends, and we will truly find rest for our souls. Amen.